the film series that won't die. Nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. Hello, and welcome back to the Amityville Podcast. Hi, I'm Tom, and this is... Pat. And we're about to embark on a whole new leg of our journey. The in-between leg. The this-could-have-legs legs. The Amityville remake. 2005. Platinum Dunes figured that, you know, if we word this story right, we don't have to give the Lutz family anything. Yeah. Which opens up a whole door of, wait, we don't have to pay the Lutzes? We can just use the name Amityville? Which then cracks open the next... What, 15 of these oh movies? God. Yeah, that's 15. At least. Jesus. But this is like the only, this is going to be like, as near as we can tell, the last one of any sort of quality. Or at least of any significant budget. A budget mm-hmm. and or name, recognizable actors. Yeah. After this, it's basically open season on the Amityville name, the Amityville yep. premise, mm-hmm. and or whatever else you want to throw at it. We're going in pretty blind um, You're after good. this one, yeah, oh yeah, after this yeah. one, I have seen this movie in the theater. I actually, uh, I actually own it on DVD. Mm. I found my old movie ticket stub when nice. I was looking for my Transformer movie stuff. It's like, of course, I couldn't find that, but it's like, oh look, here's the Amityville horror. Mm-hmm. I remember liking it, except for one thing that we'll talk about later. Gotcha. I have not seen this version of it. I missed it when it was in the theater. Uh, I had not committed uh, to Amityville motion at this point <laughs> Amityville motion so um, sometimes I doubt your commitment to Amityville motion but yeah uh, I, I this is Ryan Reynolds um, pre-Deadpool but post two guys a girl in a pizza place yes uh, this is actually I think this came out the same year as Waiting so oh, like this is okay. definitely Van Wilder but this is uh, definitely I, I think the same year as Waiting definitely pre-Smoking Aces and uh, this was like for all of you young people there was a time where Ryan Reynolds uh, played around with the idea of being a not ironic actor yeah he was uh, pretty good at it too yeah he was trying to be yeah serious actor um, yeah. trying to be leading yeah. man and you're, you're Tom Hanks of mold you know can right. do anything type of guy but it turns out much like the rare treat where we get to see Tom Hanks do comedy again Ryan Reynolds is just good at being funny he really is like Again, two guys going to a pizza place. Once they sort of took the network notes away <laughs> and just said, just make a funny show and fill your series order, it became really funny. That is still like a whole a gap in my TV sitcoms that I need to check <laughs> out. I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, the first season or two are rough while it's network tooling, network tooling. Mm-hmm. But by the end, I mean, you have... Basically, Ryan Reynolds and Nate Fillion yeah. openly riffing with each other and just cutting it loose. And Fillion it, wasn't one of the two guys, though. Was no, it? he it was, was brought in later in the series as the boyfriend of the girl. Of the girl. As a way to make sure that nobody Gets ships bored. the leads. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Fair. Back, back, this was back before you can you could ship the two guys. Right. Mm. Which, eh, they might have gone for. Who but. was the other guy on that? I do not remember, unfortunately. Mm, fair. So, we can't, talk, we can't just do horror movie remakes because, one, there are too many, and two, there are too many that are 
so much better than this movie. But since this is a Platinum Dunes remake... That is a specific genre of horror remake. What is your favorite Platinum Dunes remake? Um, well... There have been four that I can... Four, yeah. maybe five. Well, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, yeah. I definitely thought is it's, not... No, it's weak. Yeah. And for God's sake, if you're going to put Jessica Biel in a white tank top, and you don't want to show... If Jessica doesn't want to show show him, that's perfectly fine. But you can't have her run through the rain. That's you unfair. Can, you and can't then, make your ad campaign implying... Yeah. Because there were a lot of guys that went to that movie, horned on and out, and they wrote reviews that basically amounted to, I didn't get to see her naked, so I hated this movie. I That wasn't the reason... I don't hate that movie. It is obviously not as good as the original. It was well, no, just that's... very frustrating that, like, in addition to her running in the rain, they also have her run through the, uh, the, 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 the meat processing plant, mm-hmm. and they run the spring in there and at that point I was like well you're just fucking with us yeah and I don't like, appreciate she's that. somehow wearing lycra but like, like again, the like, most opaque bra ever I'm sorry yeah but no, it was just I remember reading so many reviews that just, just came off no. as skeezy and petulant that is not my point I am and, being petulant but that's not my that's not my issue with that's, that. yeah the movie's <laughs> issues are it's not as weird and funny as the second one which I actually prefer oh my god the second one is so good and it's not as grim and gritty and like, you know, home footagey as the first one. Yeah. It didn't really have any of the things that make the series unique when it works. Yeah. Which is what most of the sequels got wrong. Uh, yes. Well, you know, any of the ones that didn't have Toby Hooper work. Basically, on. yeah. But like, it, as a generic, you know, this is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a watered down Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. Andrew Brin. Yarsky, always a delight. He played uh, Leatherface. You would know him from the uh, Lobos Paramilitary Christmas short mm, film. Oh, wow. Uh, as um, uh, Max Shrek's son in Batman Returns, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. one of the few people with balls enough to do a Christopher Walken impression to Christopher Walken. Yeah, basically but, him and Jay Moore are the only two I can think of. Exactly. And, you know, for our money, uh, he will never be better than Butterfinger in Hudson Hawk. Ah. Yeah. Read, your, a- read your book, Butterfinger. Mm-hmm. Not in a house... Not with a mouse to yourself, Butterfinger. <laughs> uh, Kit Kat yeah. had the best lines. Well, Kit Kat has had the best lines. Um, so, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was oh, a wait, platinum one. Kit Kat had the best lines. I got it mixed up with Snickers. So oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Kit Kat is the one that doesn't talk. Yep. Uh, David Caruso with his most convincing line deliveries. I but I, I would give I would give the Texas Chainsaw Massacre a solid. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's it, it wasn't embarrassing. No. It was it good just, cast. Yeah, good the cast. Were there good. were, you know, it was well shot. But again, that was taking away from what worked about the originals yeah. is that they were intentionally not polished. It, it felt like a documentary, which made it so much worse. Right. Yeah. It missed it missed the point. Um, also, for me, missing the point, the Friday the Thirteenth remake they did. I, go ahead. We have, we have you know we have disagreements on it, but my issue with this compared to not Platinum Dunes mm-hmm. but the Halloween remake sure. is that Michael Myers oh, in Rob Zombie in go. Rob Zombie's Halloween 
acts like Jason. He is a force of nature yeah. cutting through everyone. Whereas Jason in the Platinum Dunes, Friday the 13th, is the cold and calculated, picks up an item and just kills out of curiosity and quiet like yeah, introspection. They got each other's villains. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, they Freaky Friday'd themselves in the franchises. Look at that. And for me, it didn't work. It's like, why didn't you guys make each other's movies? Because that's clearly what you wanted to do. Well, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, I do think Jason does do a lot of just, you know, running around and killing people. It's a slight. I would. I would argue it's a slightly different flavor of Jason. It is, but it is a flavor of Jason. And once I realized that this is less, this is no more of a remake than any other Friday the Thirteenth sequel, where it's like, okay, it's a different writer, different director, different person playing Jason, and this is just the way that they did it. And so that's that. And so I ended up like I ended up started to liking it a lot more. Fair enough. And I do have to give it another try. It's just the scene that really stuck out to me is when he's in the tool shed mm. and Jason is surrounded by all of these weapons yeah. of death or gardening. And he picks up a hey, screwdriver. <laughs> really, he kills somebody with a screwdriver amongst all of these Jason Riffic tools. They were making a joke. They were uh. they were trying to like uh, put some intellectual humor into the Friday the thirteenth, Patrick. Yeah, well, so sorry it went over well. your whole your head. <laughs> No, it's dumb. Yeah. Jason, was... there's nothing... The, the words Jason and subtle should never go together. Not even remotely. Yeah. But um, then there's the absolute worst. The absolute worst movie the, that these Platinum Dunes made. That Nightmare on Elm Street is unforgivable. It's... Yeah. It's the only... It's, ter- yeah. it's just... I tried watching it again, and it's like, this is just terrible. It's just terrible. Yeah. It's... Decent casting for Freddy aside. Right. I mean, Jackie Earl Haley is always, you That's know, not a bad good idea. in my book. It was funny. I was listening to uh, the We Hate Movies podcast uh, episode for the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And they threw around a, a few fun ideas for, like, who could, who, who could be Freddy now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, one of them was a Bill Hader would be a very interesting choice if he could get into that headspace but the funnier more hmm. interesting one for me was they threw out why not get asked to see if Johnny Depp wants to do it because you get because he stunt, was in the first one you get and the, stunt, the sixth one you get the stunt casting and mm-hmm. also Johnny Depp has never stopped being a good actor yeah like this is not Johnny Depp is a different a slightly different situation from say your Nick Cage where Nick Cage it depends on which Nick Cage is showing up for your movie. Yeah. Having seen Pig last weekend, I can tell you, real badass actor Nick Cage still lives. Cool. But you never know. Yeah. Johnny Depp is always good, even if the movie around him is remarkable. Yeah, he has made some poor choices in what he takes on, but he never phones it in. No, no, he does not. He just need. Well, he needs to take a break from Tim Burton, and Tim Burton needs to take a break from movies. Yeah. A break. I want them mm-hmm. back. Recharge your batteries. Charge the batteries. Like, I thought Big Eyes was a good sign in the right direction of yeah. he'd like to make movies again instead of CGI fests. I but, love that, too. Yeah. But, but man, th- there should never be a part in any version of Nightmare on Elm Street where you genuinely feel sympathy for Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And that was the thrust of that movie. Mm-hmm. It's insanity. It's it's the wrong way to go on every level. Yeah, it's like to, like if you don't understand that well, what what makes Freddy Krueger one of the worst 
character, worst is in one of the meanest, most terrible characters in any horror movie, is that after spending an entire life of raping and murdering small children, when he got his completely deserved comeuppance, he went to the universe and said, no, I have been wronged. I need to come back and get revenge. He's the most terrible person that's ever existed. Yeah, there is there is no redemption, no sympathy for him, no... No! Yeah, he is evil. He is all you're supposed to fear. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. So... Um, so to wrap up the Platinum Dunes, I'm yeah. going to say my personal favorite would yeah. probably be, if I'm, and if it wasn't them, I'm and, sorry. And we'll, um, we will come back at the end of the movie to see how this one Well, yeah, uh, this one, put this in the running, but The Hills Have Eyes. Oh, I still haven't seen that. I really that, I knew there was that. a fi- I knew there was a fifth one. I knew there was. Yeah. Okay. They did that. I've one. heard very good things about it. It is it is a solid remake that is often debated as to whether it's better than the original or not. I personally find the original more effective, I mean, but it it's comes only out of nowhere. Yeah. But both both of them are very good movies. They it, it follows the yeah, it follows the original enough. It branches when it needs to, but it it's a solidly creepy, unsettling movie. And yeah, it's Agnara who has gone on to do plenty of I other love good stuff. stuff. Hey, I, I'm in the camp that still unabashedly loves high tension. Yeah, it, the logic falls apart. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it's uh, still agreed. a ride. I never argue that the movie makes sense. Yeah. I argue that it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, he did the uh, crawl, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah he crawl did crawl. Also. That was a good time. Did he do one of the Piranha movies? He did the first one. He did the yeah. Fir- yeah he did uh, that was a good Piranha time. 3D. That, that was, was a fun. blast. That was absolute fun. blast. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, those are the Platinum Dunes remakes that we can remember off the tops of our heads. And we're about to go into one more right now. Yeah. See you after the movie. And we're back from the remake. Patrick, I have seen this before. I have my thoughts. What did you think of the movie as a first-timer? Um, I liked it better than the original. Kind of, yeah. Uh, much more effective overall. Uh, a lot of the jump scares actually worked. I'm not nuts about jump scares normally, but... But they work. <laughs> but they, they did work uh, more often than not. The kid, the, the 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 dead Native American in the bathroom, especially. That's yeah. a, that's a really good. Like you think the kid's out of danger, and then, oh my God. Yep. Yeah. Um, and quite simply, the acting. The acting is the best we've seen of any of these movies so far. And everybody's good in this movie. Well, you have Ryan Reynolds, who we all now know is a leading man. Yes. And he was very charming, and like you, you, you see him really. You, you, there's such a good difference between good George and bad George in like possessed George in this movie. Yeah. That I don't know that the previous actors or the whoever was in the role of the possessed person was really getting as well. Right, like when we had Burt Young, he was not likable <laughs> early on. No, he was he was already rough. But I mean, Ryan Reynolds. Maybe it's the Canadian side. Maybe it's just you know whatever. But he, he when he's being the charming you know stepfather and husband, he is just really charming. He, yeah. He, you want to root for this family? Like they seem like 
they could work. Great people. Yeah, like him and Melissa George have a lot of good chemistry. Melissa mm-hmm. George is great in this one. Yeah, and the right intensity, the right, like you never call bullshit on her actions mm-hmm. uh, because even if it's in the script that she has to do X, Y, Z that doesn't make sense, she finds a way to sell. Yeah. That, that's where she's, that's where her mind is at. Mm-hmm. And none of the kids are annoying. Which and, is impressive. And one of the kids I didn't realize until we saw, you know, we saw her the first time, Chloe Grace Moretz, who I had first seen in Let Me In. Really? You hadn't seen Kick-Ass? Was that before Let Me In? Yeah. Oh, then okay. Then yeah. I had seen Kick-Ass, then Let Me In. My bad. But, I mean, you know, we knew that, you know, from an early age, she was incredibly talented. Yeah. And this is her feature is, film debut. Yeah, she is tiny, and there is there are <laughs> definitely scenes where you're like, shit, girl, you're holding your own. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just... Overall, and as the priest, Philip Baker Hall, yeah, who is always a delight in every movie, even yeah. if his character is not necessarily a good guy, although in this one he is. You never but, get to see him be terrified in movies yeah. that often, and so he's that was usually, kind of a nice change of pace. Yeah, he's usually the one that's calm, cool, and in yeah. control. Mr. Like, Joe Friday. Yeah, even in a, like Part 8, where he's struggling S- to be in control, Still you have a sense... It's a solid movie. It's, yeah. I mean, it's Paul Thomas it's, Anderson's it's a first movie, but yeah. it's you know like, is he was he flexing as much as he was on Boogie Nights? No, because it was his first movie. He didn't have sure. the money, but he had a confidence and a strength. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a great movie. Like there's no slight saying it's his first movie. Yeah, yeah. Everybody um, starts somewhere. Yeah, and Philip Baker Hall is the lead in that, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's a lot of following him, having moments of weakness. He has a lot more to do with that than this, but in this, in the scenes he's got. Completely invested and engaging. Mm-hmm. It's not just well, you did fine as the priest. Like for he's, his he's limited good. scenes, he more than carried his weight for what he needed. Yeah, yeah. and we're uh, just for a warning. We're not going to go over this one plot point for plot point because it really is a faith, a fairly faithful remake of the original film with differences that we'll get to as we go along. Much uh, like one of them being uh, it's an interesting to see the differences in terms of like how people are like in movies in set, present set in the 70s versus uh, now. Whereas uh, the original movie, the Lutzes uh, get the priest out to bless the house when they move in mm-hmm. before anything has gone gone wrong there's just like hey we're starting a new so we're religious we're having the house bless in this one we don't see the priest until about 50 minutes in yeah and uh, that's the halfway mark and yeah i mean in the 70s it was a lot more common that people were just openly outwardly faithful Mm -hmm. went to church more consistently and as we've noted you know i know i've seen it like revival screenings outdated concepts in a movie that came out at the time that it was the norm, yeah. still gets laughed at by you know a lot of people who don't understand what life was like then. So yeah, you tone down the religious nature of the family yeah. just because it won't play now. Um, yeah. And I don't know where the Lutzes actually stood on any of that in the first place. No, but it, it was an interesting thing. Like yeah. they they do like have, like they talk about the kids saying their prayers before bed and everything. But mm. you know the any religiosity is. Definitely 
definitely played down in this one. Yeah. Even to the point where in the original it is a demonic possession, mm-hmm. whereas in this one uh, they say that yeah, it was yeah. a a man who killed a lot of uh, Native Americans yeah. on that soil and buried them in the lake and then killed himself and vowed to haunt the place so it's a ghost but it's not demonic so again it's not yeah. specifically religious mm-hmm. they they have a priest but they basically have removed all real religion from the scenario yeah in the original movie there was a lot more of like a uh, uh, Christian good versus evil vibe to it mm-hmm. a la like the omen or the exorcist sort of thing which it was riding the coattails of. oh definitely yeah. definitely and the, this one is definitely you know the house is haunted by a thing it's a lot more poltergeist than yeah. it is uh, the exorcist this time around yeah and it's yeah it's family cracking up um very solid performances like ryan reynolds does such a good job of really just upping the jerk factor in Mm -hmm. every scene that it drives me nuts the thing that kills me about this movie and it still kills me now is that as george gets progressively worse they give him these contact lenses to make his eyes look bloodshot and it's just such a like it is treating the audience like they're like we're so stupid that we wouldn't understand that you know there's something more going on with George at that point so here's a visual signifier of it Mm, not trusting the performance that they're seeing every day on set that he's putting out there it's not like they saw him one day and like let's have some contacts just in case people don't get what's going on here yeah like Ryan Reynolds is so legitimately threatening we know the story I've seen you know, uh, after you know this is our ninth one in on this um, but like I'm familiar with how things are supposed to play out and he was still a viable threat like when he turns bad it's unnerving and I worried for the family yeah. knowing where it was going it didn't hurt that they kept showing him shirtless which served two purposes one turning me on two Wow, if this guy goes evil, he's really going to be able to mess them up. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is, like, uh, this is like Blade Trinity uh, level jacked. Yeah, uh, like if they had tried to escape in the boat from the boathouse from him rather than tie him up and you oh, know, get him away. He would have just swum. He would have been able to swim <laughs> after them perfectly fine. He probably... He's like bouncing out of the water like a porpoise. Exactly. Like launching himself. Would have been like the stories from Terminator 2 of Robert Patrick being able to catch the motorcycle so they had to drive it faster. Is that true? Apparently so. Oh when my he God. was yeah, in the one chase scene he was able to run fast enough that he was catching up with the motorcycle and they had to retime it and <laughs> speed up the motorcycle. Uh, Robert he, Patrick never gets enough credit for that movie. He really doesn't. It's probably because he's not a great actor. Oh, but he's um, really good as the T one thousand. He's great as the T one thousand. He's I, good in a lot of other things. He's good in a lot of other things. Yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of his run as Doggett on X Files. I know controversial opinion, but I thought his character <laughs> was pretty solid in those seasons. I abstain because I had checked out by them. Fair enough. There, some of the episodes are hit and miss. The mm-hmm. conspiracy goes off the rails, but Monster of the Week Why stuff I and <laughs> yeah, Monster of the Week stuff and Agent Doggett yeah. are solid. Fair things enough. about those two seasons I do but but yeah uh, so yeah they have these stupid contacts and it, it, it still it drove me nuts when I first saw it it drives me nuts now and uh, I think it just I think it drags the whole movie down a little bit 
It's yeah. I mean, it's it's a quibble, but it's something that stands out. It's a if it weren't like in like after like after like the forty minute mark, it is in every shot. Like yeah. like you'll see him. He'll leave the house, go like they'll go somewhere else, and his eyes will be clear and fine, and he'll go like, "Wow, I, I feel so normal and everything." Yeah, Visine then, gets the demon out exactly, and then he comes back, and then it's like click, they're in. Like I've never like I, I I've done like very low rent research on the movie and I've never seen an explanation for it or anybody's opinion on them so I'm dying yeah. to know just might have been a choice from the makeup department yeah it was wrong yeah there was uh, K&B worked yeah. on the effects and there are places where they get to do their thing. There's a. I mean, all of the the the, the ghosts, uh, ghost Native Americans. Yeah, right? including a scene not in the original where George is going down in the basement and knocks down a wall and discovers the ancient torture chambers of uh, Ketchum, the yeah. guy who had done all these sacrifices. Nobody had ever found that in the house before. Apparently, yeah, they like never like in in the in the movies that we watched, like the. First first three movies that are actually set in the same house nobody they, they never come up with like an explanation for the evil pit that is that they always tend to find but that's and the, the pit shifts like one time it's a well one yeah. time it's the doggy door one time it's knocked down the wall and finds you know stuff in this one it is a giant it, hall of torture chambers um a seemingly never ending and expanding like array of cells yeah like a very um archaic version of the cubes from cabin in the woods yes like just filled with these you know torture tableaus Ugh. and it's gruesome yeah and then the uh in the hallucination, Ryan Reynolds is vi- visits uh, the evil torturer guy Ketchum, who uh, slashes his own throat and Bukaki's all over Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, for a, like two minutes. Yeah, it's 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 something. You really get the feeling that you know they want they they wanted to they 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 want to cash in on the the Amityville name, so they remake the movie. But they were really really hoping they could turn a franchise out of this Ketchum guy and yeah. the little. Ghost girl Jody, yeah. Which the little ghost girl, she does have one of the scariest parts in the movie. Like when yes. she's torturing the babysitter, uh, played by Rachel Nichols. Uh, that part is really great because nobody's expecting. Uh, yeah, why don't I take your finger and shove it into the bullet hole in my head? Yeah, which that was genuinely up. unnerving. Uh huh. But they like she never gets really played up as anything else after that other yeah. than at the very this very the very end of the movie is very tacked on and annoying mm-hmm. they get away from the house they're looking back we get the title card of and they never even return for their belongings and then we it's cut a nice back touch it is but then after that goodwill um they cut back into the house where the little girl Jody is standing there just looking at look out yeah. towards the front door, not the back door, which is the way they went. Yeah. Um, and then looking they do, at the audience. Then they do the Scary overused face. shaky face. Yep. 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 Um, shaky face with a bunch of quick morphs on it, also overused. Mm. And then arms 
come from the ground and pull her down and leave her teddy bear. So it's a series of the worst trope scares of that specific era. Yeah. Just and kinda. also, like, while this is happening, the house is resetting itself, presumably for the next people that will move in. Yeah. It's the tactile ending is so just annoying. a string of the worst habits. I would love to see the realtor's face though when she finds out that the uh, the Lutz has left. Like the the realtor that uh, George and Kathy meet up with is kind. I, I don't know the actress's name, but she's pretty funny because she does a good job of being low key. I don't want to be in this house any longer than I absolutely mm. have to be because this house is haunted. But between her attitude and the way she dressed, yeah, she reminded me eerily of the realtor from Saturday the Fourteenth, to the point where I wonder if somebody involved in it did that as an open nod. Maybe. And if you haven't seen Saturday the Fourteenth, I'm sorry. Upper. I know. I need to see it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she was. She seemed elated and confused when they wanted to buy the house yeah. until they did ask about what happened here. She reluctantly tells the story, and they still go for it. And she, yeah, oh, it, it, oh, it is not right. unlike the I money did pit. not expect to close this. Yeah, yeah now yeah. it, it's like the beginning of the money pit when the old lady sells the house, and she's like, "Oh my god, run!" And I will say that the Lutzes made it not just two weeks, but two, two weeks. Yeah, 28 days. Yeah. How long is this going to take to de-demonize? Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. They're animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we actually get Ronnie DeFeo. We get, like, the annoying prologue. We actually do get Ronnie DeFeo na- named. Yeah, which had not been one. done in a lot of them. Um, yeah. We're not... We weren't sure if it was like lawsuit things or like because he didn't I think get he had passed away by that point. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the hurt? Yeah, but yeah, the opening sequence that gives us all the backstory yeah. is told in a combination of like flashy flashbacks and stylized imagery that might be sort of dream sequency, might mixed with newspaper clippings, mixed with news footage, mixed with all of the possible options. Yeah. It is a hardcore jumble of styles, giving you all the little bits. It's excessively stylish, but Unaffected. luckily, <laughs> yeah, it's just really annoying. Yeah, luckily the like it's so over the top that when the movie does push into sometimes a little too stylish for a mm. moment, uh, you're fine with it because they really push it hard so that like by rolling it back it's yeah yeah um I did notice in the kids rooms technically out the Alice Cooper Welcome to My Nightmare gear that the the kid Billy has would have been period appropriate um that album had come out earlier that year nice but I question whether he would have been allowed to have all of that you know uh Normally, yes, but factor in dead dad. Oh, okay. Let's yep, uh, yep, yep. let's keep the kid let's, happy. Let's yeah. Keep okay. The kid fine. Happy. You want the thing. You want <laughs> the thing. He gets his. It's a it's a stupid music album. Who cares? Yeah. And I could understand that a kid his age would be into Kiss just as hard as Alice Cooper at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Um. The other thing was that one of the kids had a light bright. 
And the light bright had the clown image that's on the box when you buy I a light know, bright. At least no at the time. other ideas. Yeah, no really, other ideas. they sell so many other kits. It so is many. one of the dullest ones. Who does the picture on the box and leaves that as the way you just have your light bright on the nightstand? I, I noticed that, that is, too. It's yeah. like the minute I saw it was the clown, I was like, really, really, it's, really, really. You 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 bought this creative light up art kit and you just did what's on the box and we're done yeah wow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you never used the sharpener on your crayons did you no anyhow Easy. but uh so also um the youngest daughter did uh Chelsea Chloe Grace Moretz yeah um had an etch-a-sketch with mm-hmm. which she drew the one demon yeah the catch um, guy the catch guy and Again, not just a talented actress, but that was, for an Etch-A-Sketch, a piece of drawing. Do we think she did it? You know, I don't know. Oh, Patrick. <laughs> I don't know. She's a prodigy. She I'm not going to discount anything. Fair enough, fair enough. You know, it's, it's weird, because it's like, the movie is, like, I like the movie, but it really isn't scary at all. It's unnerving. It is tense. It is tense. And it's unnerving in bits, but, like, they don't really... This is not, like, a Hitchcockian sort of uh, exercise in keeping the audience on the edge of their seat mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, moments happen seemingly out of nowhere, like, the tense moments, yeah. and then they fade away just as quickly. And a lot of, again, jump scares, but oh, yeah. that's that's been a huge part of this series I mean, anyway. Like, those are table stakes. Yeah. But, uh, and Platinum Dunes tends <laughs> to lean on the jump scares. Yeah, they do. Yeah. But really good acting. Like, I, th- I think, like, definitely, I'm pretty sure, like, my favorite scene is, like, after, like, it's towards the end, like, say, like, the end of the second act, beginning of the third act, where uh, Kathy is aware that, like, there are things happening in this house, mm-hmm. and it's affecting all of them. And she's in the kitchen with George, just pleading with him to just leave. And, like, she is desperate, but trying not to, you know, go nuts because she knows that's not the right play. And Ryan Reynolds is serving five different shades of crazy, depending mm-hmm. on the dialogue. And it's really just, that was, like, the tensest moment of the film. Yeah. Because, like, this could just be a failing marriage in a rough situation that mm-hmm. had nothing else going on with it. Yeah, he was playing the kind of crazy where you're in an argument and you understand there is no right answer, there is no right question. Everything I say will be a problem, which is the one that sets off the least dynamite in the room. Yeah. And, and the well, dynamite still gets lit. Mm-hmm. And then we get, like, probably the biggest change is that the whereas in the the original one it keeps building up to George going nuts and going crazy on everybody, but it never actually happens. Like, they're escaping mm-hmm. uh, just as quickly as everything has gone to hell. Yeah. Whereas this time, because we are post-slasher and everything, like, George is full-on stalking the family yeah. with a shotgun, which is very terrifying. It is. It is. Again, it is legitimately tense, and a lot of it, you know, comes from... It's not just hovering threat. Like, he's shooting through the door, he's shooting through the ceiling, and Ryan Reynolds is doing it in a way that just feels 
casual. Yeah. Like, he... I'm he, going to get you. Yeah. There's... Like, you keep running. Mm-hmm. Fine. He's I'm going not, to kill you. He's not calling out some tagline as he pumps the shotgun yeah. right in front of his face and gives a snarl. He's just walking up the steps and one hand, like, kind of just absently to the side, cocks the shotgun like, oh, I gotta take the garbage out. Oh, I gotta kill the family. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's... He's not in his right mind, yeah. like, at all. And you can tell, like, he's not thinking about anything else except no. family's got to die. Let's get yep. this. this yeah. They are demons. And he made them all coffins. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a good that, reveal. That was a nice touch. In the basement, uh, they find that not only has he built them all size-appropriate coffins, he has marked their names on them. Uh-huh. And put crosses. Yeah. Which shows how often the family went down the basement. No shit. Well, he did tell them to stay out. This is true. That was his office. Yeah. The Lutz contracting. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they leave in the boat. Yeah. Just head out. It's weird. It's just like, I like the movie, but at the end of the day, it's kind of a nothing burger. Yeah. It was a very effectively produced telling of... But at the core is kind of a thin story. Yeah, it doesn't really pass the who cares test that yeah. much. Even though it's just like good premise, good cast, well executed. But yeah, everybody did everything they could with it. Again, I feel like sometimes there were some over the top production choices. Yeah, and you know with with the contacts, with the opening, the with the closer shot. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, when Brian Reynolds is finally getting completely possessed when he goes into the ba- the, the secret room in the basement, yeah. it just felt so out of place where they're just like, okay, we haven't been allowed to do the gore in this movie. Let's yeah. do all of the gore in this five-minute sequence. Yeah, let's have a power montage of a bunch of effects we've paid for. Yeah, that, like, we can't put in the movie for yeah. reasons like it, it felt a lot like the truncated uh, hell visions in event horizon like we have uh-huh. so much more footage of this but this is what we're allowed to get away with to get uh-huh. whatever rating which is weird because this was rated R yeah so I it didn't push hard R no there wasn't a lot of swearing uh, no. there may not have been any swearing um yeah, not to my knowledge. I don't think there was an actual F-bomb in I don't the whole think, movie. Yeah, I don't even think... And if sh- there was, then it's probably just the one that they're allowed to get away with. I don't even think anyone said shit. <sighs> no. Yeah, so, I think it was... It's all just violence and gore, and they barely even had violence and gore. Yeah. Spooky situation. Right. But, it was an intensity arc, but... Um, yeah, it's a bummer. I would still, you know, my resale value is still pretty high just for the cast and the performance. Absolutely. Performances alone, high resale value. I would definitely watch this again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to watch this back to back with two, which we keep coming back to. I mean, just to watch like the craziness, the crazy train. Two is just good. Like I have shown other people two, and they have been equally horrified and fascinated by it because. Two, two is really just a mess. Two yeah. is an inspired, amazing mess. Yeah. But like this one does some of the little touch fun things. That yeah. The, like when they're uh, the priest is sprinkling holy water around the house yeah. and it's actually sizzling on the floor. Yeah. Like a hot plate. Yeah. Um, then we got our flies back. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah it was no, a the, big no, the last one was very bug heavy. Never mind. Yeah. 
Oof. But we yeah. had like a little, like the fly scene was in there almost like checking off a box. A lot of this felt like checking off boxes. Yeah. The bleeding walls. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a bleeding light switch and then a bleeding light bulb. But yeah. Like, check the box. Yeah. Uh, oh, the arms coming out of the bathtub. That was kind of new and freaky. Yeah. And didn't really make sense or add to it, but hey, we have an idea for an effect. Yeah. Well, he's going crazy. We can just kind of throw those in. Just throw a lot of things in. Yeah. I mean, again, where the whole story came from was a bunch of people throwing things at the wall, not checking each other's stories. That's slanderous, what you're doing right now. I was just talking about how there's multiple screenwriters. The the Lutzes will sue us. They can take all the money we're making from this podcast, (laughs) which is not sponsored by any mattress companies or... (laughs) Or website companies. Or website builders. Or or food Adult toy services. Adult toy services. uh, We'll see when we get to the Amityville vibrator. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's an Amityville vibrator. It is a thing. But should yeah. God, I bet you that's going to be like one of the more faithful remake parodies of that we end up watching. Entirely possible. That's how they always end up. Like, God help me, the uh, like the Batman, the Adam West Batman, and like the Scooby Doo porn parodies are so very on point in a lot of the acting. It's frustrating and weird. It comes from a place of you know love of the property. Like yes, yeah, you know, they're not picking something they're not into. Yes. I mean, maybe, on some of them, you know, some of the, you know, but, but who doesn't love, you know, Scooby-Doo? Who doesn't love, you know, classic Batman? Who like, doesn't love Amityville horror? We shall see how it goes. God, this is the last good one. We don't know or that. This is the last one that would appear to be, that, that you would assume the last, would be good. This is the last well-financed. Oh, boy. But, you know what? I'm a fan of low-budget horror, yeah. and there are a ton of great ideas out there. There are a lot of filmmakers who, maybe this is just the way to get their name going. Oh, yeah, no. It's more a concern of the number of them. More oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're going to have a high success ratio on them. But nope. I honestly, that's why we highly recommend the, Am- the remake of the Amityville Horror. Indeed. It's on HBO Max right now. Mm-hmm. And or uh, Tubi. It's I don't know. Is it? Every other thing is on Tubi. Yeah, I think it was HBO Max and Apple Plus, I believe, had it okay. right now. Fair so enough, fair enough. But, yeah. yeah, you can catch it out there, and we will let you know where you can find the rest of these oh. as we get to them. Yup. Until <sighs> next week. Wish us luck. Happy Amityville. Happy Amityville. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 